0: Welcome back to Typically Hazardous. This is Hank Fortner, and I am excited to bring to you the interview we have for you today. This is a woman named Natalie Patterson, and she is a poet. And if you know anything about me, or if you know anything about the work I've loved to do, or if you don't know anything about what I want to be when I grow up, you know that poetry is very important to me. I joke sometimes that in our household, my wife is upstairs watching Sports Center, and I'm downstairs listening to the Legends of the Fall soundtrack and writing poetry. So Natalie is a poet that has been so inspiring to me and has pushed me personally past the medium of poetry and into spaces of vulnerability and writing and truth-telling that have just been incredible. I met her first at our community faith called Mosaic here in Los Angeles. And then I met her at the Poetry Lounge, which meets in in down, or in, uh, right off Fairfax in West Hollywood. And it meets every Tuesday night, and it's the most amazing night of poetry. So if you find yourself in Los Angeles on a Tuesday night, you should check that out because it's pretty m- amazing. And she was very involved there for a long, long time. She's a career poet, and she travels and speaks and performs and writes and consults with brands like Sephora and does things on vulnerability and integrity, and she just creates lots of amazing experiences and events and art forms and pieces that actually help people connect to the truth of their center and there's a lot of spirituality to that there's a lot of spiritual work to that and in this particular conversation there's a couple of things we go to and there's actually two parts to this and this is going to serve as your introduction for both of those there's two parts to this one is where we're going to talk about the work of creating things and the power of vulnerability and how to get to that vulnerable space. And the next is we're gonna talk about what it's like to be a black woman in America. And so we're gonna to go to those places of empathy and vulnerability, and it's gonna be really, really exciting. And she is an interesting, wonderful woman with an incredible voice. And I hope you enjoy every living, breathing second of this interview. Oh, there's a couple of things I gotta let you know about before I let you go. June 14th, the bootleg in Los Angeles, we are doing Summer Lovin', it's called, is our theme. Summer Lovin' is going to be a series this summer where all of our live events this summer are going to be around relationships and dating and marriage and friendship and breakups and love and joy and intimacy and friendship and all the things that happen in the madness of relationships. So it's called Summer Lovin' and it could be loving between you and a lover or it could be dating or marriage or just friendship in the way that you love or your community. All those things are going to be talked about in that section. So number one. Join us for the beginning of the series uh, at the Bootleg, June 14th. Join us for that. And then if you want to be on our email list, go to hankfortner.com. And on hankfortner.com, you can find like podcasts and links and all sorts of things. But the most important thing there is the email sign-up. Sign up for the email thing because we've got some cool things coming that I've been promising you. We have cool things coming for a while, and it's actually happening. And uh, we'll send you some more information on that, as well as keep you up to – speed on things like when talks are posted and things like that. I hope you're awesome, and I hope your life is good, and I hope you live a typically hazardous day. Enjoy this conversation. Uh, Okay, welcome to Typically Hazardous. This is Hank Fortner. I'm sitting here with NatalieIsPoetry.com. She is Natalie Patterson. She is a poet, an artist, an activist. She is wonderful and awesome, and we've known each other now for like
1: a long, long while.
0: A lot, lot more years than a lot of the people that I know.
1: That's really interesting. Yeah,
0: we know, I feel like we've known each other a long time. And we have a bunch of mutual friends, and I've seen you in so different many. seasons. And now you're not doing things that I met you doing. And it's just really cool to watch yeah, your we're journey in your life. And we're here in your space, which is huge and awesome. And I have major office envy, <laughs> being that my office is either my house or a coffee shop or my Jeep. So when I say office envy, I mean it like... Wow, this place is so cool. Yeah,
1: it's the warehouse on Prime. We we just got this uh, cool space. My partner and I, Kalela, we run a nonprofit called Sister Support, so we have a cool space.
0: It's awesome, yeah. and I just Snapchatted it. So if you want to, if you want to, you can check it out on Snapchat. But it will be gone. It just will be gone by the time you listen. Yeah, by but the time you hear this, it will be gone. But find me on Snapchat, Hank Foreman. Okay, um, Natalie, tell us about yourself. Tell us who you are. Tell us what you do. Tell us what brings us to this moment on earth today?
1: Um, well, I'm Natalie. Uh, I'm just a girl who writes poems. Um, I'm a creative, so, like, I can't do a 9 to 5. It doesn't make sense to me. There's not enough payoff, and I don't like waking up early. So um, so I have to be an artist, um, and I just create things. So I feel like creativity is the way that you resolve problems, and it always has been for me, and so I use poetry or um, experiences to try to translate things that are bigger than language um, and really just get to the meat of what this experience of being human is.
0: It's awesome. Yeah, Amazing. So what kind of things do you create? You make poetry,
1: I do poetry, um, I teach vulnerability and integrity workshops, um, I do things like...
0: Are those separate workshops, by the way, or is that like No, it's a
1: one workshop. Oh,
0: no. Okay, Vulnerability
1: good. and integrity, because they're okay. together, they note, go together.
0: Note to sign up for both <laughs> yeah. of those classes that are happening one time. Note, yes.
1: t- it gets real. Yeah. Um, And I create experientials, so uh, my friend Maceo has a company called Citizens of Culture, and we do experientials, so we do brunches around these big concepts like privilege, like how do you explore privilege if you've never never realized that you were privileged, how do you know what anyone else feels like, but also how do you see the difference? And so we create a brunch experience so people can step into an experience that they typically wouldn't have. That is so
0: rad. Um, So they're like themed events, experiences. I like when you use the word experience. Yeah, because it's not like, hey, I did a pop-up kitchen. It's like I created an experience around food about a subject, that kind of thing. Yeah, no, it's like
1: very, very detailed. uh, Uh, Awesome.
0: And my wife came to one of your Full full -circle Circle events.
1: Yeah. So Full Circle is this idea that Everyone is amazing, but we don't have the opportunity or don't give ourselves the opportunity to know people unless we know them through the context of we work with them or we went to school or whatever. But there might be a really incredible person next to you on the train, but you would never get deep enough with them to know that. Um, And so I thought about inviting, um, you know, extraordinary, seemingly ordinary people into a conversation. And so I asked them 15 of life's biggest questions wow. before an all-female audience. The guests can be male or female. Um, and, and we just explore life, and they answer the questions through storytelling. Um, and it's really, really a breathtaking experience.
0: That is awesome.
1: And also because women don't really get the opportunity to just do nothing and listen. Like that's not part of womanhood. Like we got to do multiple things. We're like multitaskers. Sure. So even when something calls for us just like sitting and listening, like that's still a struggle. And so I want to invite people into new spaces and doing things they're not familiar with to see who else they could be.
0: Wow. That's so cool. And how did you realize, what moment did you realize you were a maker that you were like, "Eh, I'm not going to do like a job. I'm going to make stuff.
1: Um, I think it was in college when I was like, this is boring. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I just really... Like, the
0: class was boring, or the structure of university I life? I just,
1: I think that the structures don't make sense for everyone. Right. Um, and a lot of the structures don't make sense for really anyone, and we force ourselves into them, and I think we become less human and more other. Yeah. Um, and we miss out on so many of the experiences that I think this human experience is about as a result of all these systems and structures that we've created, and I... I'm just not about it. If I only get one life, like I don't know what happens after this. Um, and if this is the only life I get, I want to live it fully. Yeah. And I want to know, I want some answers. I want to know something. right. Things. Totally. I want to feel some things. And yeah. you can't do that in a cubicle. You're
0: not holding off until like the end, the next life or the mm-hmm. afterlife. to be like, <laughs> no, oh, that's what that was. Yeah. No, that's what that felt like. Or that's what Tibet was like. I, I, I've explained the university to people as vaccines. Mm-hmm. Like when I was trying to decide if we give my daughter a vaccine, my dad said, vaccines are good for the masses, bad for the individual. Mm. They're not actually good for your body, but they're good for us because then you don't have polio everywhere and Mm -hmm. all these things. And university, to me, is the exact same thing. University model is bad for the individual, good for the masses. Mm -hmm. It's good for us to have an educated society. It's good for us to have structure. It's good for us to say, oh, now we have this metric by which we're judging strangers on their ability to do a job in a workforce that's kind of the same structure that sort of makes the world go round like water and power and Right? Like the utilities of life. So it's bad for the individual. So I love that you sort of rejected the vaccine and you were like, no, I'm not into it. Because the the most successful people, uh, almost all of them have a dropout narrative. Yeah. And there was this really famous philosopher, and then we'll get back to your story, famous philosopher or famous person who said uh, the people who get A's will work for the people who got B's and the people who got C's will be the big donors and the people who got D's are the people that the buildings are going to be named after. Mm-hmm. Like a, your university model is just not a part of, of, of like success in life or no. of even awakening the human spirit. And like I, and here's
1: the thing, if you want to be normal, I think that that is a great path for you. Like if you yeah. don't have a passion you don't know what you want to do and you're just like, yeah, if your greatest aspiration is to work in a company, totally that is the pathway. Kill it. Yep. And that's amazing and, like, you will have a 401k and, like, you will have a house with a picket fence and whatever. I don't want any of that shit. I want to live in some crazy, strange place that, like, when people come to my house, they're like, what is this? Yeah, right. What is going on? And I want to have a story for every year of my life and, like... Like I don't want to run wanna out of You want to be like, things.
0: so that time I was a Sherpa. And yeah, then people are like, what? Exactly. It's well, like, like she's alive. You know, so
1: I was in this ashram and then this guy, he came yeah. up. You know what I mean? Like, I want the story. I don't want to yeah. hear the story. Totally. I'm down to hear the story. I want to hear the story, but I also want to have my own to tell.
0: Yeah. That's awesome.
1: I think that that's the biggest thing is just, like, finding my own voice and realizing I have things to say, too. Yeah, totally. And I want to say them.
0: I think it's cool. And I think what you just hit on is sort of the reason even for this podcast is I put started putting out this podcast and realizing that mm, I was always a watcher and learner of other people's things mm-hmm. and realizing that if I was going to try to be wise and avoid mistakes or problems or narratives or risks that I was going to miss out on having the actual story for myself yeah. I was going to learn from everybody's mm-hmm. so really uh, and essentially this podcast is a chronicling of all of my narratives are all of my stories are all of my risks and adventures yeah I get that and yours too so one of the ways one of the adventures where I met you and this gets us to what we want I want to talk about with you first and then we've got fun places for us to go yeah the first place maybe we interacted was you were teaching a poetry workshop at an event Mosaic did called Terra Nova mm-hmm. which is not called that anymore and I don't even think Mosaic does it anymore but at the poetry workshop, I was like, oh yeah, totally. Like I love spoken word (laughs) and I speak for a living. So I thought this is, and I love the art, the craft of communication. So I thought this would be a cool way to do that. Always been really inspired by spoken word because I feel like uh, it's a unique gift to be able to choose every single word. Mm. Whereas I choose every single idea Mm. and sometimes the words follow a little bit, but to choose every word felt like a uh, luxury that I wanted to enjoy mm. like oh I only have to do this for five or ten minutes whereas when you have to speak for 40 <laughs> or something yeah, you're like, and you have to do it five times and you have to pay attention to the room it's just different so I wanted to do that and when you were there you started out that poetry class in a very strange way yeah and I want to. I want you to tell us how you begin your poetry classes, what that process was like, and then I'll tell you why it scared me to death. So
1: it's really a secret, but I'll I'll, I'll share. Oh, it. it's a secret. Yeah, it I, is a secret. but okay. I mean, I usually don't tell people because when you preface, people prepare. Yeah. Right. And so the point of vulnerability and integrity is not to be prepared, but to be natural, to be yourself. Like you are enough. So just tell your truth and right. that's fantastic. Right. Um but but so I I start every workshop by asking what's the one thing you wouldn't want anyone to know about you. Um and I ask that and I ask people to offer it up because that thing whatever it is and like you know most people will have like a whole journey around it like they want to tell the whole story and it's like no no just the thing. Like that thing is the one thing that's holding you back from everything you want to be. It's in the place of all your dreams. Like it's in the awkward spaces between conversations. It's in the breath you take before you go do something you really wanna do. It's, it's the fear before you go to a job interview. It's everything and it's in the way. And if it weren't in the way, who might you be? What, might li- what life might you have? And like, I want people to live in that space of who they fully are and, and in full bloom because the potential of that person is like Steve Jobs making the iPhone. Right. It's like that big. Sure. It's like every time you're whack, you're not helping the world.
0: Well, yeah. So there's
1: a lot at stake every time you're whack. And, and I think we have a lot of things societally to distract us from that. Um, but people are big and huge and important, and I, I just need them to be connected to that because it feels really lonely when you know – that life can be more and everyone around you seems like they don't know. So really, I teach this class because I'm super selfish. <laughs> and I want to have really amazing people around me. Yeah, right. And, you know, sometimes you have to cultivate that. You have to sacrifice a little bit to get that.
0: And I feel like the genius of what you do is you're, you're having people do that not just over dinner. Like I feel like that would be the worst possible dinner conversation. Oh, like, I love questions terrible. and I joke on this podcast all the time about how my wife hates my question app. And I look at my app on the questions, and I'm like, okay. And then I go into the dinner. Then, But if I said, what's the one thing you would not want me to know about you? I probably don't want to know that thing. Like I, You know what I mean? And I probably don't want her to know it. But you're giving it to people in the context of the vessel of poetry. Mm-hmm. So you're giving people a beautiful way to express that thing that was otherwise might be shameful, might be um, secretive, might be all, all these things that it could actually make them feel Mm -hmm. not good enough unloved unworthy and giving them a beautiful vessel by which to tell their story but for me when you did that something happened to me where I felt like my two worlds sort of collided a little bit Mm -hmm. I have I I would think I would be perceived but probably by people who listen to this podcast but by people who've heard me speak or by friends in my life as like a very open person where Mm -hmm. I'll just walk into a room I'll meet people right away uh, my buddy just was joking, and he's like, dude, you can move to any city. He said "I rem- he moved to Los Angeles with me 11 years ago. And I had a, f- a lot of friends really fast. Like, I just loved meeting people and being open. And in my world, my world would be perceived as really open. But there's this very tight sort of vault that no one gets into. I even struggled to, like, let my wife inside there. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And I felt like what your poetry class did for me was sort of like make those walls clear mm-hmm. everything didn't come pouring out and it wasn't like everybody was inside there i just felt like while i was sitting in this group of people who were all gonna write about the thing they didn't want anyone to know about i just thought felt naked mm-hmm. i just felt like oh no mm-hmm. now i'm gonna now everyone's gonna know if i don't i don't get to i don't get in this class to write a spoken word piece about you know stuff trouble yeah and it's like dude no but or like you know i've always loved fruit or yeah you do know I mean or smoothies i'm gonna write about smoothies uh, it would this is gonna have to get real and it's gonna have to get really really fast for me i can sense in my life that i have this i have vulnerability issues mm-hmm. and there's no aa for that there's no Al-Anon for that there's no p- space for that and oftentimes in spiritual environments like churches uh, that's not like the place where you go to get vulnerability I, I, in even in what i do like what speakers sometimes you can excel really really high by not being vulnerable mm-hmm. you can excel in leadership and in spiritual environments by not being vulnerable so for me i guess my question for you would be if a person like me was listening and said yeah i feel like open but not open at the same time or a person who's like just obviously not open what would be the journey or what would be the way in which i would lean into that vulnerable journey aside from taking your course which i want to do and i want to learn, <laughs> learn that but I, I i that's why i love that there's it's vulnerability and integrity yeah because it does feel that way it feels like i have two people inside me yeah and i have the one everybody sees and then i have a one and they don't believe different things or say different things about each other it just feels like i have like almost like um locked in syndrome or something i just can't seem to access that all the time even when i'm like trying and i'm like gritting my teeth going I'm going to be vulnerable and it's like it it sometimes just is not there
1: yeah I mean I want to go back a little bit because the one thing that's really important about this work and this question is creating a safe space Mm -hmm. and so we were at an artist's retreat right we were all there together we were there for a weekend and the way that you process this out like it's not safe in terms of mental health to be trying to process this and then like go to dinner at a with busy yeah, yeah like a
0: busy dinner or no, no, no. you, you have, have to make time right and space yeah, right. to know
1: yourself and to unpack things right. and so that was the point of, of this weekend and so thinking you can do this in the middle of your busy schedule is like fail you have to make time mm-hmm. to sel- to mm-hmm. take care of yourself self care is vital and important and people who are not doing it and like in LA we're all busy everyone's so busy but it's like what is that doing for you on a spiritual human level. Yes, you now are more successful, but, like, you also got some broken stuff. And so mm. you have to be tending to both things simultaneously, not just, like, well, I'm going to go really hard on my career for a year, and then I'm going right. to be a monk. It's right. like, no, no, no. You better make some time to, like, sit down somewhere and listen to yourself. Um, so, so really, it, it's about, number one, I- integrity, which most people are not really familiar with. with like what that really is so like integrity is not something that um, exists really on a spectrum it either is or it isn't and so I define integrity by uh, you know thinking about honesty like true honesty like am I doing what I say I'm going to do when I say I'm going Mm. to do it Mm. and so if I'm not doing those things that's creating a snowball effect which is leading me to not having the life that I want so first of all I have goals I have things I want to do so you have to identify that in yourself like Who are you really trying to be and what are the characteristics and the quality of life that that person has? Um, And then you need to model every single aspect of your life around that goal. So anytime you're not in integrity with who you say you are, then you know you have to have a moment to check yourself and to really like unpack that and look at why those things are happening. And so when you're moving quickly, that doesn't work Hmm. because you don't have time to go back and go, you know what? I left this interaction feeling strange. You just go, yeah, that felt weird. Hope it works out. And you just keep moving because you're about to get a parking ticket. And you're
0: about to get another phone call, and there's another person in front of you. Yeah.
1: Exactly. So so it really is about this integrity component because if you don't have integrity, then vulnerability is not a thing you should be stepping into because Mm. it's not safe. You're going to endanger yourself more, which is why people don't do vulnerability because it's actually work. Like, to be a whole human takes work beyond just, like, being at parties and networking and, like – all the stuff everyone's doing, like it takes you sitting down somewhere and going, who am I? Right. What do I want to do? Are these people who are my friends actually my friends or are they people I network with? Like, are they people who are going to advance me, but they're not people that when I have $2 in my account, I would call and say, yo, bro, can I borrow $100? And without fail, they would say yes. Hmm. Are Are the people in your life people who you count on fully? Right, right. Like you would have in your home, you would have watch your children. If not, what are these, what are all these people for? What is for all this noise, yeah. And what, how are you organizing your life really? And what are you getting to? Like, hmm. and when you get to where you're going, who's going to be there with you? Hmm. Are you going to be happy when you get there? And you're
0: saying that's a byproduct of an integrous life.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So, so the thing about speakers, yes, you can rise really quickly and be really successful. And then you're standing there like, I don't even know what I said. Like, this sure, is yeah. Stupid. Or you're
0: backstage and you're like, dude, I don't even know if that, you know, you f- you're a performer at that point.
1: Y- exactly. And so you have to figure out who you want to be to be able to get to this point. And so, so what I think is most powerful, powerful about vulnerability is it leads to a life you love. Hmm. Um, wow, well, that's ah, s- cool. Like, really. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that that's easy. Like, people always want things to be easy. And it's right, like, totally. dude, eating at McDonald's is actually hard. For your body, right. For your lifestyle, for the whole period of time that you it's might also, live. So in after. L.A.,
0: that's hard for your reputation. So hard you for your reputation. You do not want to be seen e- pulling into a McDonald's, or unless like, you live in the suburbs and it's not Homie totally gave fine. up. Yeah, he's like, letting go. Bro, you not That's on why the juice I'm always fascinated. Parenthetically, and this is random. I'm always fascinated when I go to other cities, and you end up at a McDonald's because, like, the only thing that's open or something, and you see like fully dressed. Obviously, most people are fully dressed. <laughs> fully, They're fully. dressed in suits. They're like working yeah, businessmen, you have a who's like a dad, and it's like, wh- wh- what, are you, what are you doing here? I thought this was for, for was for people who need the most amount of calories for the least amount of dollars, or I'm in a hurry, or I've just sort of given up. Which I have days like where I go, I'm giving up. I'm or giving you're up.
1: just like, I know this is terrible, and I still. And want I'm it. doing it
0: anyways. But these dudes are like on laptops in suits. It's like you're. You couldn't afford anything else. Yeah. What are you doing here? Um, so integrity would be step one. Step one. Big step one, but it's still step one for like sort of the bedrock of. So assuming a person has an integrous life and lives sort of that unity, where do you start into that journey of vulnerability? Where does the work begin to get that life? First step. Best life.
1: So I have this thing that I may or may not have created. It's a scale. It's called the scale of truth. And it's a zero to 10 scale.
0: May or may not have created like...
1: I may or may not have You don't want us this. to know if you may create no, it like or No, like I don't, don't know. even know. <laughs>
0: okay, <God. laughs> like,
1: if I stole this, I'm sorry. By the
0: way, I'm going to start doing that when I quote... Co- instead of dropping a quote, I'll be like, this quote may or may not be from me. And then say it, that way it's like, you don't know. Yeah, but like I, you don't know. I might have read that somewhere, I might have heard it. Like, here's
1: the thing about information. It's all around us. Yeah, right. And it's all like impeding on our existence, so... I may think I'm brilliant, but it, this totally <laughs> may be somebody else's thing. And if it is, it's not. I didn't steal it on purpose. Yes, totally. Which is why I'm saying I may or may not have created it, because I honestly don't know. Okay. Because I'm around creative, and there's brilliant people in the world, and I read things, and like, who knows? Great. Um, scale of truth. Scale of truth. Zero to ten. So zero is a complete liar. Like, liar, liar, the person who's like pathological. Yep. Um, they say they were in Spain for breakfast. You're like, how? It's 10 a.m. in L.A. The time difference doesn't really yep. work out. Um, or like a 10, which is like the person who's an oversharer where you're like, this mm. is inappropriate. Yes. Like you need a therapist or something. Cause like, I'm just in the checkout line. Yes. I don't need to know all the things. And then a five is, like, typically how honest people are. Like, you're in the checkout line. They say, how are you? You say, fine, thank you. How are you? Got
0: it. We're yeah. on autopilot. Sure. You know
1: what I mean? You don't say, like, oh, my student loan didn't come through and my car <laughs> just broke down and my yeah. boyfriend, he's a jerk. You
0: and understand like, that people don't actually want to know how you're doing. That's yes, you get
1: that. So you right. you don't. Okay. However, the problem with that is sometimes people are asking because they do want to know. They really are interested. Yes, And you block their opportunity to know you. Yes. So now you've blocked an opportunity to be known. So then how can you be the awesome version of yourself if no one knows? Okay. That's not a thing, right? Awesome people, they're awesome and other people know because what they're doing is awesome.
0: So is step one to just start answering that question?
1: Step one is try to live somewhere between a seven and a nine on that scale. Okay. Be more honest than you would typically want to be. Okay. But not so honest that they're going to put you in the insane asylum. Nice. Right. don't right. be an oversharer, but don't be an undershare don't sell yourself short share a little bit more right. than you would want to or if someone says hi how are you you have permission to say you know today's not that great but hope your day's better
0: yeah right Totally. you can
1: be honest without being an overshare and, and this so is being honest balance.
0: to a human being not on a snapchat or not posting like i i'm always uh i guess i always feel like it's cheating a little bit no offense to anyone listening who's done this who <laughs> posts on facebook like today's a really hard day and it's like I just always feel like that probably makes you feel better. And then people will post encouraging thoughts and comments. And I I understand that social media is becoming like our other consciousness, which Mm -hmm. is fine. But I also feel like the real risk is to say that to a person who is actually in front of you.
1: I feel like you you take whatever your next biggest step is. And so for someone who is not extroverted at all, uh, you know... Y- you maybe facebook is the right avenue for you to start yeah,
0: okay that makes sense
1: but if you're on stage then like no that facebook is not the first step yeah right like totally. on stage is your first step yeah totally or to your wife or whatever so you want to think about in terms of not what other people are doing but in terms of what is your lane and what is your next biggest step okay like what's the thing you would be most scared to do between where you are and that scared thing and then figure out what the next step is. Kay. And continue to work towards it. Almost
0: that. like, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to spend a day, probably tomorrow, uh, doing a I can't believe I say this, I say, I'm say i saying this out loud day. In every level. I'm going to listen to that, like, voice in my head. Not to get to a 10. I don't want to tell anybody about, like, a rheumatoid arthritis or yeah. the gout or we something. We don't want
1: the weird things. We
0: don't want weird things. But at the same time, it's the, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud, whether it's about the way I feel about a moment or, I just, I, I think that's probably a seven to nine range. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's yeah. great. That's step one.
1: So that's like step one is is, uh, Truth-o-meter. Uh, is scale of truth. Measure that for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would say start doing things that you wouldn't typically do. Be around people you wouldn't typically be around and be a learner. Be a listener. Yeah, right. Um, because the best way to know who you are in a room is to stop talking. Hmm. Like we all talk so much, but like yes. rarely are we listening And then also, how does that
0: help me know about myself? Because I definitely talk too much. We're
1: all mirrors. Okay. Everyone shows up in your life as a mirror, and there's something to learn from everybody in every situation. And so, are you a learner? Are you willing to look at a situation and go, "Ooh." Like I have situations where I see someone do something, and I'm like, "Oh God, I hope I'm not that person." Oh yeah. yeah, Okay. Totally don't want to be this person. Like totally. Never. Like I don't drink because when I was little, I saw a drunk person laying down on the street in her own vomit. Oh gosh. And I was like, I'm good. Never want to be that person. Yeah. And not that you have to be so extreme, but it just taught me like, oh, that is a place you can go. I'm not interested. Not in
0: that, yeah. At all. I just had that happen. I was at a I was at a dinner, four people, uh the boyfriend and girlfriend were sitting across from each other. Mm-hmm. So the girlfriend is to my left, the boyfriend is to my right, they are dating each other. She reaches across the table to take a bite of his pasta. And he looks at her like she has just taken a kidney and a spleen and the appendix to go with it. Yeah,
1: he was like, "You just murdered." And it was
0: literally like to the point where it got weird. And he was like, "Is it okay if I eat the rest of my food?" And I was like,
1: "Clearly, this is whoa,
0: bro, bro, like, (laughs) dude." And they were sharing that plate. She was just taking one last bite of the plate that they had shared. It wasn't like she like I don't know crossed some crazy barrier, (laughs) but it felt like a kid being like, "Like you just crossed the force field." And I just had this thought. I was like, I don't share food well. And I had that exact moment where I was like, oh, my gosh, I hope I've never made it that weird. And and really dishonored my because wife also like that. Like, if my wife has reached for food, I know I, like, fight over food with her. But I don't know, man. I, I, I had that exact same feeling where I was like, dear God, please don't let me have ever been that guy.
1: And so the thing is, is you have to be around uh – diverse groups of people to be able to see yourself yes. Whole, fully.
0: Yes, right. And so if we're
1: just around people who are just like us, whether it's racially, gender, whatever, who's working the same thing, like whatever, that means we only know stuff about people yeah, who are just totally like us.
0: Same dude. Which means
1: you cannot continue to grow, which means you cannot continue to be awesome.
0: Right, because that person's friend who was across from me to his right, he probably didn't think anything weird about that at all because he's so used to being around that. Because so that's if, what they do. If I'm around my people all the time... Then we're constantly, I'm never going to stretch or spread or see things that like kind of catch me off guard and feel out of place. And I would
1: say the big challenge is, I, and I posted this on Twitter, I do these like random questions of just like polling the audience to yeah, just yeah, see yeah. what people think. And I was like, how many people think about the person who is their exact opposite in the world? Wow, well, yeah. Like, do you ever think about what that person is like and how do your politics align with their experiences? Yeah,
0: right. What would, who would be my opposite person?
1: Um... I mean, I th- like, in the world or, like, in America, because that's, like, a different thing.
0: Give me in the world. That uh, sounds more exciting.
1: Um, I don't know. Probably, like, a person of color who either completely doesn't believe in God or is really, really extreme in whatever their religious perspectives okay. are. Um, maybe a woman. Um,
0: maybe a woman? Like, that's not the opposite of me? No, I
1: mean, it would. Wow. <laughs> wow <laughs> did okay. I just like low-key did <laughs> that just like a
0: wow that happened so subtly i was just like maybe a woman
1: <laughs> well here's why because we're not I was thinking, sure
0: about you hank this yes. is why because
1: i was thinking about um the cultural differences and yeah so right. like totally it may be a culture where um
0: like it would be if i'm a white male in america the opposite of that is probably a woman in afghanistan yes right? like, like something least amount so of empowerment possible like Uh, And I was just listening to a podcast and maybe I said this, I don't know. (laughs) But where he was literally like being a white male in America is like winning some kind of weird lottery and you should never be able to complain about your life. Yes. Because you're a white male in America. Like you, you have embedded in your experience more things than anyone else in the world. You just don't get to feel sorry for yourself. He was basically, yeah. And I was just like, oh, like, because it is so true. I was like, so grateful that someone was saying why why are these like white hipsters that feel sorry for themselves it's like what like you are as opposed to yeah you have an afghan woman who wasn't allowed to be educated past the third grade and gets beaten for reading like those yeah that would be like the opposite experience i love that um that framework how does that play a role in a vulnerable life for you to sort of assess yourself and go i cannot believe how empowered i am by comparison to a person who would be fighting for their life. It's also a call
1: to action to be more and better and bigger and use what you have for other people. It's like, Hmm. think about this other person's life. Who is advocating on their behalf? Because if you think about people in America, and it's like, I love this example of like a white man in America. Who's advocating on your behalf? Everybody is supporting your life being great. Right, totally. So when you're a douche... That upsets people because they think about, you don't have any of the struggles I have. And you have the audacity to speak to people this way or treat people this way or whatever. And so I love to think about who the opposite would be. So it can call me into being an advocate for other people, being an ally, but also just thinking about someone besides yourself. Hmm. Your problems ain't that big, whatever they are. Like and not to invalidate that. Yes, we're all having human experiences and things are happening and people are dying and like it, people are getting diseases. Like all of those things are happening, but there's someone who doesn't have water.
0: Yeah, water. There toilets, are people who don't have safety, food, food. Yeah.
1: today and do and for the foreseeable future don't have these things. So like, yes, I'm sorry you just cracked your iPhone screen. I know that is tragic. Yeah. Like it's happened to me and then I'm totally. like, oh my god. I have to ask Siri to read my text messages to me. You know what I mean? And it's like, and then I think about homeless people. And I yeah, go, right. they probably love to call anyone.
0: Anyone. Even anyone. have Siri talks to them.
1: Just anyone. And wow. I'm mad that my brand new iPhone. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like totally. when you put things in perspective, right. you begin to understand, like, I need to pull it together. Yeah. Like, my little drama is not it. That's
0: so true. Okay, so step one of vulnerability is to have con- integrity. Step two is truth or meter, live between a seven and a nine. Step three towards integrity is diversify your experiences, who mm-hmm. you're around. What would be like another, if I was like, we're going to go on that journey because then I've got lots of
1: places. Where I would say like, um, you know, do something that makes you really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like something physically or intellectually or emotionally uncomfortable. And so maybe that's take a writing class. Take a, you know, go, like for me, Um, I'm a plus size black woman. And so my biggest fear is like going somewhere and being physical because I don't want all this movement Mm -hmm. in a space where like other people, they just like having fun. And I'm like, Oh my God, my boobs and my butt and everything is moving. Like, so I went to sky zone and learned so much about myself because I was with a friend and everyone is like flipping around and these kids are like doing all this cool stuff. And I was like,
0: is Sky, Zone the, the Sky
1: Zone is like the indoor trampoline place. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, you can, where you're bouncing and you're throwing dodgeballs. It's like a whole warehouse
1: yeah. of trampolines. And there's like basketball courts and nice. wall, trampolines on the walls. Like just all this like fun stuff that if I was six years old, I would have tore that place down. <laughs> but I'm 32, right? And so I was like, um, what is appropriate? Like I started thinking about what's appropriate. And then I started thinking, I'm just actually afraid of falling. And I was like, "Oh, that might be the metaphor of my life. I'm afraid to fall." Yeah, and right. And so, what am I missing out on because I'm afraid to fall? Well, if I'm afraid to fall, that means I always have to stand. I always have. And to are be you up. having
0: church at Skyzone by yourself, or yes. are there people around where you're like, "Guys," no I'm processing I'm just, this out loud. You went solo.
1: I totally go solo on a lot of stuff.
0: You went to Skyzone by yourself. That I
1: went to Skyzone with my one of my okay, gotcha. Because
0: if I showed up at Skyzone by myself, it'd be like, "Yeah, Creepy. there's a guy." <laughs> By himself at the playground. You know, like, I don't no, know. No, I mean, there's a lot of I adults that are mean. there. Yeah, right. Um,
1: but, yeah, do something that really takes you out of your comfort zone um, and force yourself to endure it. Yeah. And then challenge yourself to find the deeper meaning. Like, what does this correlate to? How How else That's does great. this show up in my life? This fear or this... Um, You know, like my mom is a race walker and she used to do marathons and then she got ulcerative colitis and no longer can run because it's too taxing on her body. And so she does race walking, but she feels like it's like inferior to being a marathoner. And so she she resists it so much. Yeah, right. But she's not good at race walking yet. So she's like in this place where she's like, I'm used to being good. And now I'm like not good. But she doesn't want to do the work to make it good. Yeah, right. And so it's like, you know, and sometimes we're in that space, and being in that space catapults us into the next best challenge.
0: That's great. Okay, so my next thing is I'm going to go to Sky Zone. I'm going to do a day where I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. <laughs> and then I'm going to go to Sky Zone by myself in the evening. and just. I would those. actually
1: go right when they open, which is like 3 p.m., I think.
0: See, I but Sky Zone is no like there. my wheelhouse. I feel like I've got to go. I need to go to like a ballroom dancing or jazz dancing class. Like I cannot dance. I look like a –
1: yeah, like don't a, go to Sky Zone. You need to yeah, like Sky go Zone to the, the like salsa Yeah, Sky Zone is like my game.
0: I go to Sky Zone every time I. I don't know. I'm. That's I'm, uh, L.A. is my Sky Zone. You know <laughs> what I mean? I jumped yeah. off my own car the other day, so I feel like I got to go somewhere that 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 pushes that. Totally. I love that. You know what I what I find is, for me, and this will transition to our next question about life as an artist, mm-hmm. is I find that the place I can be the most vulnerable is in writing, mm-hmm. which I think is why your poetry class had such a big effect on me. I also think why this the book that I'm in the process of writing right now is probably the most honest thing I've ever said out loud. Hmm. Even though I'm typing it on paper, and Mm -hmm. then when I read it back to myself, I go, "Yes." And probably only half the people in my life would even
1: know those things,
0: know or realize that that was me. Or even though I've said millions of words to thousands of people, they would go, "Whoa!" Like, I just feel like it's a place where I'm I can be the most vulnerable
1: and I think that that's true I don't think that that's uncommon I mean in my experience I've been doing poetry for 12 years professionally and probably teaching like eight of those years and that is the experience that I find is true is that if you can't find a way to express yourself sit down with a blank page yeah right. and just write what you're thinking yeah totally and just stick with it you know the artist way is a, a really brilliant book in that it there's these things called morning pages and so you wake up and you just write for a period of time Nice. Every single day. It's and called so The Artist's Way. Uh-huh. write that down. And so is that I, a book or something? Yeah. And, and there's a workbook also. Um, nice. But I invite people to just write every day for 10 minutes. Just 10 minutes yeah. of writing. And don't judge what you're writing, just write. But what begins to happen is you're training yourself to be prepared for when you sit down and write. And eventually, and depending on how stubborn you are or how willing you are, that comes much faster. And you get to, like, some real stuff. I mean, it's like yeah, this is great. why kids keep journals when they're little. Yeah. Right. Because they don't have it's anyone the to only tell Only
0: where to only place. It's to the say only place it. that's yeah. appropriate
1: to say all the stuff like I hate my mom and I hate this and blah, 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 yeah, whatever. Right. And it's like all of that stuff is still in you. Yeah. So at least give it a space to live so it doesn't so it doesn't occupy you.
0: That's amazing. What What's it like to live as an artist? You already said you 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 <sighs> you bailed on the inoculation of university. Yeah. Uh, what is it? What is life like as an artist?
1: It's complex, right? Because um, I find it extraordinarily liberating and entirely too limiting. Like okay. simultaneously because I myself am like expressing at a really high level. So like most people are impressed like, oh my God, you're an artist? Yeah. And oh my when God. You say,
0: when we say artist, I'm talking about being a professional artist. I don't have a quote unquote day job. Yes, I have no my day job. life is my artwork. A
1: hundred percent of my income comes from... Writing poems what or I teaching. Make. Yes. Like yep. anything that I'm creating, that's how I make my money. So it's there's no other way. Yep. Um, so it's amazing because I can write something and then share it with people and they're crying. And they're like, oh, my God, I moved. This changed my life or whatever. Um, and that's incredible. Like there is no feeling like that on the planet. And then simultaneously, I exist in a system that does not recognize and or support me in the way that it supports other things. So everyone loves art. I've never met a person who didn't mm-hmm. find things beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, but how many of those people value art enough to pay for it? to Such that right. the artist has a life that is worthy of how much time and energy it takes to create something. Yes, right, totally. Um, s- so, I, so I think about that dichotomy of people love me to say things better than they could say them. But they don't love when I say something they didn't think of. Yeah. Right. Right. So when there's a challenge in what I say, then all of a sudden it's not as brilliant because now it's like hard. Now it's like it requires them to have work, not butterflies. And so um, so that's really limiting in terms of like my potential. And, you know, um, I think Kanye West is is really a good example of that, of like someone who says, like, this world does not support. Like and I think that the way he communicates is really toxic and it doesn't allow people (laughs) to hear him. He also but what he's saying is not wrong. Right, totally. It's not untrue. Just the way the style of communication that he expresses in terrible. And he it's also hard it to
0: hear that from a guy
1: who's rich, who's like,
0: <laughs> yeah, rich and for the most powerful hip hop thing in the world.
1: But he still has a boss. Right, that's what we forget.
0: Yeah, totally. And <laughs> I could like, see he's what he's describing. He's signed to a record
1: label, who is owned by white men. Who don't even understand what he's talking about. Sure. So when he's like, no, but I, you know, this connects to this. And they're like, not for us. So stop your momentum is really what I find white America says to specifically people of color, but also artists. We love this. How about not all of it, though?
0: So what, what was, what p- paint for me an ideal world? Because when you talk about living as an artist, mm-hmm. which I'm close, I'm not a f- 100% artist, but I'm close. What what is the ideal world
1: for me um the ideal world is and this is not for artists this is for everybody sure yeah yeah, totally thoughtful people yes making decisions okay on purpose yes um and so but
0: boil it down to like really really local so you as a living artist Mm -hmm. what is the ideal world in which people would relate to art at the level at which you are you are creating it. And when I say at the level, I mean like a very local, like you know people, they come to things, people have seen you do these things and then you have videos where it's like you've been in viral video after viral video. So for me, it's like as people experience your art, what's the ideal world in which that world would respond to you?
1: Um, That when people take in something I've created, all of the feelings that they have, if they contributed a fraction to my life Mm -hmm. as I have to theirs, Mm -hmm. my quality of life would be 90% better. It's that people take what I've created and are selfish with it. They go, great, that feels so good for me. Yeah, right. And then they do nothing else in the world. And so what that would look like is, like I love when people send me emails and, like, actually say something, not just, like, that was really great. Tell me an experience. Like, give me something. Yes,
0: right. Okay. Let sense. there be
1: an exchange, a barter system, not just, I create all this stuff, and you feel butterflies, and you feel amazing, and you post the poem on your wall. And, th- and it's, like, did you ask me if you could post my poem on your wall? Like, do you have any regard for me Got it. making things? Sure. Or do you think I'm just making it for you to feel better? Um, and so the ideal world is people, um, being generous, being collaborative. Mm -hmm. So there's all these companies that could be using art as ways to communicate things. And instead they hire an actor and no diss to the actors, but like you are using someone's work. So why not have an artist create work and then let the artist represent themselves instead of someone else representing their work? Sure. Um, so, you know, sometimes people will be like, oh, I love this poem. Can I do it at my college? And I'm like, so you, you're you asking me to not have a job? <laughs> Is what you, right. you yeah, just totally. asked for my permission to not pay to me. Do
0: m- to be me. Somewhat. Yeah. Now, so then how would, if I mean, if you give us like really specific examples, because I think I have a sense for how there would be an exchange of like fair, um, honorable exchanges yes. or something that might friend talked about a lot and maybe i made that up but maybe they talked about a lot was it's just an honorable exchange of going i have received something and therefore i must give Mm -hmm. which i feel like is an integrity question as Mm -hmm. opposed to a the world exists to entertain me Mm -hmm. type of thing there's a guy on the internet who has an uh um uh handle Mm -hmm. on a social network that i want and we were approaching him to try to get that handle. And he, his byline was, you exist to entertain me. Mm. And my buddy who was sending an email, he goes, I have a feeling this guy is not going to play ball with us. Like he's not in, he's not in for the cause. But I do feel like if you look at like Buzzfeed, Snapchat, all these things, these are free places Mm -hmm. to get tons of input. Mm -hmm. And whenever I sit down to eat, I just want input, 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 input. But it is rare that I respond and go, wow, I want to figure out how to support that person because but I also you
1: have to think about the difference between art and entertainment, which we do not know the difference. So BuzzFeed is entertainment.
0: For sure. There's 100%. an artistic
1: quality to the entertainment. Sure. But it is not art. For sure. There are people who are only doing art, who are making things from the, the quick of their beingness. Yes. And providing it to the world for the betterment. Yes. That's something different than a video about cats. Totally.
0: Totally. No, for sure.
1: You got to know the difference.
0: No, 100% and I feel like and I feel like so much of the entertaining things inside of those mediums is the art. Mm-hmm. This video went viral really fast. This person did a story. This person gave a speech at a university. Like those things that kind of go crazy. And I do feel like it's an approach. I do feel like the corporatization of everything has made it so that I assume that if I I assume I should be able to, I feel like it's government. It's all those things. I assume that I should be able to park everywhere in Los Angeles for free. Mm-hmm. When I have to pay a dollar, I'm pissed. Mm-hmm. I assume that, you, you know what I mean? Because in my mind, I'm going, well, isn't this, I mean, aren't we all, don't you want me to come into this building? Shouldn't the Target pay for this if I'm going to Target? Mm-hmm. Like, I just feel like we corporatize everything. But so that when you have individuals creating things, you go, yeah, I'm sure they're getting a kickback or this v- might yeah, help them. They're, yeah, I just feel like it's in the category of a brain. Because I do feel like it's an integrity question of where am I giving and where is my, where do I give a return for this support?
1: And you have to understand that corporations and artists are different entities.
0: Yes, absolutely. So
1: like, yeah, the city of Los Angeles, like they're going to charge you a dollar and you're going to pay or you're going to pay $65 because you didn't pay. And so for the artist, there's no, if you don't, then.
0: Right. Totally.
1: So if you steal my work, my only recourse is to waste more of my money to sue you. Right, totally. So now not only have you stolen my work, but now you've stolen part of my livelihood.
0: Yeah, right, totally.
1: To rectify something that may not even get rectified. and so like now we go down this rabbit hole of like, so you've completely disrupted my life
0: so the, and I totally understand where you're headed with this, but can I ask, doesn't this take the fun out of a little
1: bit of it? Oh, a hundred percent.
0: I mean, just the because being
1: responsible is not fun.
0: But, I mean, it doesn't take the fun out of it to, be, to have to protect the livelihood of your art.
1: Oh, 100%. Like, Isn't it makes it me more insane. more fun to
0: be like, dude, give it to the world and let it go out there and let it for return sure. to you? There's and a guy. if I had
1: that attitude, I wouldn't eat. And that's the reality. Okay, like, yeah, that's true. So, for the first several years of being a poet, I made, like, no money. I couldn't really, like, pay. M- I had to, like, do odd jobs and I had to, like, do all this yeah, other right. stuff. Yeah, right. And now it's like, no, bro, if you don't pay me, you ain't getting my art. You know why? Because AT&T don't care about my viral video. Right. Totally. And you know what? You expect to get paid every month, don't you? But somehow there's a different expectation for artists. Like, somehow we don't have bills or something. And I'm like, no, no, no. Do you feel
0: like that makes you more or less creative? Uh, Both. It does?
1: Both. I mean, I think the agitation, like, causes me to be more strategic but, like, I would love to be free. Yeah, right. I would love to be gentle, and I would love to not have to, like, defend myself.
0: Yeah, right. I would
1: love to not have to be, like, I need this contract because, you know what I mean? Like, I would love to just be able to, like, write poems and make videos and do keynotes. That would like, be fantastic.
0: Yeah. And like there
1: are p- there are people who get to do that.
0: And how do they get to that place?
1: They're white. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't. I, I would say that there's probably people who are not white who are in that position.
1: Or rich. Those are or your rich. two, like, okay. k- lotto things. Or don't
0: they have, like, other jobs or odd things or other no, ventures you're... that pay for them so that they can. I Because there's a quote by Elizabeth Gilbert who said, who described, and I think this is an important question. Who described, she said, don't, don't ever yell at your art and say, pay my bills. Yeah. Or that's like yelling at your cat. It does not know what you're saying. Yeah. I think and on it a spiritual level. puts a lot level, of pressure on, on that.
1: I think, I, 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 I get her on spirit level. I think, you have to think about the intersectionality of things, though, is like, um, I think Elizabeth Gilbert has been fortunate to to not be in a position where that needed to happen. Um where she had other opportunities to make money. I think totally. Um, And so like, this is where race and gender and like all of these things intersect with these ideas. Right. So like as a black woman, that's like a lovely idea to go like, yeah, you shouldn't yell at your art. Like, no, I totally shouldn't yell at anything.
0: Sure. Right. Totally.
1: However, I've yelled at God before. So my art might get some, you know what I mean? Sure. Totally. And, and, And not that that's, like, the best way to respond things, but frustration is real. Yeah. And to go, like, no, I don't want to yell at my art. And, in fact, I never want to yell at my art. Right. I don't want to be in a position to have to either. But we haven't set up our society in a way where we value art. So, Mm. like, sometimes everybody's getting yelled at because nobody is coming through in the way that they should. Nobody's being generous. But in my line of work, everyone is asking me for something. Right. Constantly. Constantly. Show up and be beautiful and gracious and do this poem from memory that you just wrote two hours ago. Yeah. And, like, just do it in one take. And then, like, it better be a viral video. And do
0: it for the good of the world. Yeah, and, and I get do $400. Feel like, and people do have that feeling about podcasts, even. Like, they're listening to this podcast. But if we – but and there's people who are like, dude, whatever you do, don't do ads. I hate ads on podcasts. It's like – to be a really Bro, good podcast. are you going to send a
1: $20 check every day? Well, no, week? it's
0: like to be a really good podcast, it's expensive and takes a ton of time and a ton of energy and a ton of resource. But I'm that way. When I listen to the podcast and I start hearing ads, it's like, fast forward, get that off my. Uh, I just want this famous guy talking to this other famous guy to yeah. tell me secrets of how to be <laughs> successful. And I don't want to hear about Squarespace or, you know, like you're, you're, you, we are in this place where we're trying to get as much as we can and drink from the fire hydrant of resource out there and then not figure out how
1: but for what that's always my question is what are you running to
0: yeah I think you're running to. I think you're running over you're jumping over that next hurdle for me I feel like I'm jumping over that next hurdle I'm going I can either make my life or the world or my family a better place if I can get over that hurdle just that hurdle that make sense and mm-hmm. i feel like because i th- i feel like the huge big gulp it up dreams are wonderful and they're good to have as like uh the driving guiding narrative sort of like it's also it's great to have the stars mm-hmm. but we don't live in the stars we live in like rivers and mountains yeah. and water and humans and i feel like that stuff is always going i'm going to get over that hill mm-hmm. when i was a kid i used to get lost all the time cuz i have a terrible sense of direction but i loved hiking and mountain biking and four wheeling and motorcycles and every time I would get to a new another spot I couldn't stop because I just thought but I don't know what's over that hill mm. and I would just keep going and going and going and my dad would finally go dude we cannot keep going we have to turn around and I'd be like but look it's just that it's just that curve or that thing he's like there will always be yeah a nut no- like and there will always so I think to your point there's a pace mm-hmm. by which we're trying to move and i think the health is found in the pace but man i just think i i I worry what would happen to my soul if i didn't see another bend or hill or curve or no and i think that's
1: why balance is really important of like honor honor your instinct yes but be mindful of everything around you is like what is the cost of all of the things that you want to see is that and this is the reality you could see every bend and as a result, never see your children smile right totally so you got to think about what is totally. important to you and this is why integrity is so important totally you got to know what you know yep and go you know what sometimes my wife's smile is better than every curve in totally. the world
0: totally and sometimes I look at my daughter and I'm like that chick's gonna need braces and if I don't go to work <laughs> she's, she's gonna not have gonna have them that crooked smile for as long as she lives um, that's man that's awesome uh, this has been a really fun conversation I want to end with a few questions Yes. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes part one of our conversation with Natalie. I hope you enjoyed this part of the conversation. I actually split this interview up into two parts because so much of what Natalie had to share was so broad and categorical. And if you're still with us, there is another episode we released where we start to get into conversations about race in America. And I would love for you to check to the next podcast episode just click down or just keep listening and it will scroll all the way through and you'll get a sense of where I go next with Natalie in this next chapter this next section of a short interview around race in America I hope you're awesome and I want to say again thank you so much for listening and for being a part of this Diagra and part of this community of podcasting you're amazing I hope this is helpful. I hope it's wonderful. And I hope that you found Natalie's words and her thoughts as engaging as I did. We will see you in the next episode.